we're here at HCC. Well, thank you. We've got Jesse, the creator of Base, joining us from Coinbase. How are you enjoying the conference? Having an awesome time. Uh, it's summer. It's beautiful. The weather's not too hot. A lot of builder energy. Having a blast. Apparently, last year it was a bit more chaotic and yeah. hotter. <laughs> but you can't really, you can't really blame the conference organizers for the weather. Um, we were talking before we turned on the mics about how. There's just so much actual building going on in the mm -hmm. space right now. Um, mm -hmm. I think in the past few days we saw a slew of announcements. Mm -hmm. Mantle, Uniswap X, mm -hmm. Lens V2. Obviously you guys have your own initiatives underway. What's the, what's the vibe? I think the vibe is that we were um, in a crypto winter for a little while and then we've entered a builder spring mm. and I think now we're entering maybe on-chain summer something that's like feeling like it's heating up like everything's coming together and uh, starting to work in a really material way so I'm pretty fired up about that. Do you think that there's sort of also um, a concentration um, around Ethereum? We saw Celo move over um, just a bit more focus on on Ethereum building relative to other chains. Absolutely. I mean, I think this has been kind of an ongoing trend over the last couple of years. Um, and at Coinbase, you know, at the beginning of 2022, we basically took a step back and said, we want to move our entire business on chain. Where, where are we going to do it? Um, and so in the first half of 2022, we did a whole survey of like, what are the options? Um, and after kind of digging into all of the ecosystems, we said, hey, we're going to build it on Ethereum and the EVM and on Ethereum layer two. And then, you know, another six months of working with layer two teams, getting to know them, understanding the technology stack. And um, out the other side of that came um, base, mm -hmm. came our collaboration with Optimism and building on the OP stack. And I think uh, if you look at, you know, where we are now, uh, another six months later, uh, I think it's, it's clear that Ethereum is leading the way. I, I think it's also uh, clear that the OP stack is starting to lead the way with uh, Base and then Zora and then the Public Goods Network and now Celo. Mm -hmm. um, I know of uh, at least one other L1 that's pivoting um, from an L1 to be an OP stack powered L2. Uh, I've, I know that there's also probably five to 10 other just OP stack out who's coming in the next six months so I think that there's kind of been a turn of the tide where um, we kind of went wide on the L1 and now we've condensed on the L1 yeah and we went wide on the L2 I think it's still earlier but um, we're definitely seeing a lot of kind of alignment uh, in terms of building on an open source public good in the OP stack what do you think was behind or what impediments were there in some of those other layer ones breaking out? I think it, one of the interesting things about being at Coinbase, um, which is, you know, big company, right? It's like mm -hmm. 3,000, 4,000 people um, and a lot of engineering systems is it, it's given me a little bit of a perspective into just the sheer um, level of investment that has gone into the EVM mm -hmm. in that organization, right? And that's not like uh, necessarily something that's like was super strategic where it was like we're just going to invest in EV and over everything else. It was more just the uh, kind of result of many many years of building USDC which was the ERC20 token and uh, listing Ethereum as the second asset on our platform and then ERC20s as the third thing um, and uh, you know building Coinbase Wallet initially as an EVM app and what all of that has kind of uh, accumulated into is there's probably hundreds, maybe thousands of human years mm -hmm. that have gone into building infrastructure specifically for EVM. And so that's not just Coinbase. 
I think that that is kind of a uh, pattern across every mm -hmm. single part of the industry where in every company there have been micro decisions that have accumulated kind of inertia and weight and lock-in to the EVM. And that means that uh, there's now this network effect that's just very, very strong. And I think that that is, you know, it, it's not unshakable, but when you look at the numbers in terms of developers, you know, activity, total value locked, um, I think what you see is that uh, it's, you know, order of magnitude bigger on EVM. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. The iceberg is the human hours, mm -hmm. the human years, the human decades that have gone into building all of this infrastructure to support that. And it far outstrips every other chain anything else yeah, um, yeah, yeah so walk us through what your priorities are for base over the next six months and what have you been uh, doing here to um, work towards those yeah absolutely so um, we launched base testnet in February um, goal with the testnet was to just kind of meet builders uh, get them starting to, to build on, on base uh, make sure that we felt confident from security from a safety perspective uh, with the network um, that was you know really successful uh, you saw thousands and thousands of people come and build on base um, so we just opened up our main net for builders last Thursday mm -hmm. um, really with the goal of giving uh, a dedicated time when we could just focus on developers onboarding their applications to base and so that's what we're doing right now that's why I'm here in Paris um, as we look towards the next few weeks we're, we're gonna start opening it up to everyone um, and that's gonna be um, uh, really a moment where we start to show I think the whole world that there are really fun things to do on chain um, and useful things to do on chain uh, and there's obviously the finance stuff but there's also a lot of other stuff from you know games to music to art to food um, collecting media wh whatever whatever your thing is it's starting to happen on chain um, and it's starting to happen on base and so I really say the next six months are about um, getting that ecosystem kind of going in a minimal form and starting to tell that story in a way that brings in, you know, the existing Coinbase uh, audience, but also, um, you know, the next wave of crypto adopters um, who are starting to be curious about this new platform um, and starting to uh, lean into something that can make a big positive impact on their lives. When you think about that application layer of, of the ecosystem, when do we get to a point at which it's not so tied or tethered to the price of these underlying tokens? And so you think of like the previous bull cycle applications like, you know, Stepin or Axie mm -hmm. Infinity to use like a play to earn a gaming example really saw interest decline alongside price. When do we have applications built on top of this technology that have sticking power throughout sort of uh, cycles, right? I still want to use Amazon, even if Amazon stock goes to, you know, right. goes down 90% as right. an example. Yeah, and my mental model on this is like, we get to that point when we have products that are built on chain that have real product market fit. You don't have like token, token price market, market fit, fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have product market fit. And I think we're starting to get there. I think we're starting to see the, uh, like real consumer applications that are, are getting there. Um, some ones that come to mind for me are, um, there's a, a business called Blackbird that's building a full kind of restaurant loyalty product on chain, uh, building on base, um, started by the founder of Eater and Resi, mm. Ben. Um, a really incredible product. You walk in, you tap your phone, you sit at your table, 
everything's handled for you. You can order bills, all get settled in crypto. Um, uh, and then there's a bunch of really cool kind of engagement stuff that a restaurant does. Uh, that's, I think, up to like 80 restaurants around the country right now. And it just, it works and people love it. You look on Twitter and people are like, that was the best restaurant experience I've had. That, I think, is a product market fit. Right? Mm-hmm. And unsurprising coming from someone who's built you know, two of the most successful restaurant businesses. But I think what we're going to see is we're going to see more and more of that, where because the infrastructure is finally ready, um, people are going to take that infrastructure and take the on-chain platform, and they're going to be able to build applications that people just love because they love them, because it makes their lives funner or better or easier, or you know, helps them make more money in a sustainable way. Um, so I'd say that's an example of like you know, real-world thing coming on-chain and, and leveraging the new platform to do something great. I think we're also starting to see um, new behaviors emerge on-chain. Mm. One of the ones that I'm really interested in um, and, and uh, you know, personally kind of finding a lot of joy in is this act of collecting like low-cost open edition NFTs that are just these moments in time that you can participate in. Sometimes it's music, um, sometimes it's art, sometimes it's it's just like a milestone or something celebratory and you're scrolling through your feed and there's just a beautiful thing and it's no longer those NFTs that are thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, it's one dollar. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I want to collect this thing that's $1 that I will have forever, that will connect me to whoever created it, um, that will uh, make me a part of their story? Like, of course. Mm. Like, that's a no-brainer decision for me. And over the last probably six months, I've probably minted hundreds of these things. Mm-hmm. And that was not something I was doing a year ago or two years. I don't think anyone was doing that a year or two, or two years ago. But now there's a whole culture, there's a whole kind of part of the world that is seeing these new things being created and wanting to participate with them. And I think both of those kind of examples are not at all connected to token price. Mm. They're not at all connected to speculation. They're connected to human behaviors that um, are reinforced by really, really great products. And those behaviors are a feeling of belonging, um, a feeling of wanting to be bigger than, part of something bigger than yourself, and a feeling of just wanting to enjoy an experience, whether it's food or media or a brand or community. Um, I think on-chain is starting to make that better than the traditional experiences. Enhancing the community. Yeah. They enhance the, the community. We got to do something like that for uh, the scoop. We got to get them to mint, mint, I don't know, pictures of my face. Who knows? Yeah. So what, what sort of... Um, technical challenges um, are kind of top of mind for you mm-hmm. as it pertains to maybe base specifically mm-hmm. um, and then maybe Ethereum more broadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I'll start with base. Uh, I think the, the three axes that we are um, focused on from a technical perspective for base are decentralization. Mm-hmm. You, know, you hear a lot about this, that basically layer twos and rollups aren't yet as decentralized as they could be. Um, that's something that we're investing a ton of resources in with OP Labs and other teams in the Optimism Collective um, and making really good progress. Uh, the second is scalability. Uh, I think this is some place where Coinbase actually uh, kind of has an outsized opportunity to make an impact. We have now a decade of experience scaling all of our systems through crypto bull and bear markets. 
And we've already started applying that to uh, kind of base and the underlying technology that powers base. So we, we actually just wrote a blog post about this, but um, thanks to a lot of the kind of activity we saw in testnet, we landed a bunch of changes to the OP stack, which powers base, that you know, 5x a really critical part of throughput. Um, and I think what we'll see over the next few years is we're going to be kind of leading the way on the scalability front, making these kind of application platforms even, even more scalable. And then I'd say the third one is security. Um, just kind of how do we build um, uh, resilient systems that uh, are uh, resilient to a failure in any one client um, that uh, kind of manage uh, upgrades in a really safe way. Um, and again, here, this is a place where we're really deeply collaborating with the Optimism Collective, OP Labs, Optimism Foundation, and a bunch of other teams to design systems where um, there's no single point of failure. Uh, there's no uh, kind of like one person who could be uh, you know, taken away and, and cause issues for the overall security of the system. Um, I'm really excited about uh, a bunch of the stuff we'll be rolling out in that over the next couple months. So that's, that's kind of base. It's all about uh, decentralization, uh, scalability, and security of the underlying technology, which is this OP stack mm -hmm. that's fully open source that we're building. Um, and then on the uh, Ethereum side, I think the big thing that I'm most excited about, and this is something that we've been working on for the last year and a half, um, is something called proto-dank sharding, mm -hmm. uh, or EIP-4844, mm -hmm. which is uh, the centerpiece of the next major Ethereum hard fork. Um, which is coming later this year, uh, if everything goes according to plan. Um, uh, we started working on it with Optimism and the Ethereum core devs uh, at the beginning of last year, uh, basically saying, hey, Ethereum needs to scale. This is the clearest path to scaling it in a roll-up centric, layer two centric world. Let's get our you know, hands in there as quickly as possible, even before base existed, just because we thought that was the right thing to do. And now we're you know, months away probably from that going live. And what that will do is it's gonna lower the costs of layer twos like base, um, but not just base, any layer two, you know, like OP mainnet or Mantle or Arbitrum, um, somewhere between five and 10x. And so today fees are in the you know, 10 to 20 cent range, mm -hmm. um, kind of in a base case. Uh, and this will get us down sub 10 cents, um, potentially approaching sub one cent. Uh, and then from there, we're going to be able to kind of keep increasing the capacity for this uh, new piece of infrastructure that Ethereum is going to have and uh, be able to keep driving fees down. And so for us, when we look at what's going to really enable a billion people to come on chain, getting all of those fees for things that people are doing subsent um, while preserving the um, security of Ethereum, the decentralization of Ethereum, um, and the incredibly rich application ecosystem that exists in Ethereum um, is probably the top priority. During DeFi summer, I, I refer to Ethereum as the billionaire's chain. Yeah, right. Impossible, right? Yeah, it's impossible it's to use. So hard. It's like, you want to do something? Here's $50. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes like 150 Right, right. It's crazy. Um, and it's a lot better today on L2s, right? Like, you can do basic things for under a dollar, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But, you know... That's pretty cool if you're, you know, someone who lives in the United States or wherever and you, you know, get paid a fair amount of money and then this is just, you know, it is what it is. I but, know about that. <laughs> but if you are, uh, you know, somewhere else where yeah. maybe you're making $10 a day. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. right? Like you're not going to be sending people money if it costs a dollar every time. Um, so I think we, we still have a lot of work to do there, but I think the cool thing is that 
we have line of sight. Like these are not unsolved problems or research problems right now. Mm -hmm. It's execution problems, and we have great teams executing on them and uh, a line of sight to them happening. What's your thinking around the sort of um, trade-offs and benefits of uh, the various types of scaling, right? Optimistic uh, yeah. versus ZK. Yeah. Um, so Risk Zero, who just announced, I think, a $50 million Series A um, yesterday or today. Um, uh, O1 Labs, who created the MENA protocol and is kind of a leader in ZK technology. Both of them wrote proposals where it said, hey, here's step-by-step -step plan for us to build a ZK prover for the OP stack. And there's a line of sight to having that mm. in the middle of next year. And so I think what we are seeing is basically there's an opportunity to turn this conversation on its head entirely and stop bickering about is it ZK or optimistic. Instead say, no, let's just build the best tech, the mm. best roll-up tech, and let's explore multiple paths on the ZK side and multiple paths on the optimistic side and bring all of those together to create the superpower chain, mm. you know, the superpower chain stack that will be the OP stack, which is going to power base, power OP mainnet, power, you know, a ton of other chains in the years ahead. Well said. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me. It was yeah. a blast. No worries. Appreciate it, Frank.